Salutations, cinephiles. This is the podcast Best of Worst of British, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, myself, Michael Bell, and myself, Thomas Hodkinson, will watch some of the most notoriously bad and maybe not notorious enough bad films uh, Britain, this fair isle, has ever provided the great British public and maybe even the rest of the world if it made it past the channel. By some sheer bad luck. <laughs> or boat. Poor boat. Yeah. Just put it on a boat, mate. Very. What a ship, Dave. Put it on a boat, don't yeah. you? You could probably swim it. It's very small. Don't mess about with planes. They crash. You just put it on a boat. No, you just get a lad with, like, you know, he's very buoyant. And uh, <laughs> he, can have a, he can have a bag full of DVDs. He ships them across. Just Fat Barry send him out on, yeah. uh, off the island to go. That, that's Fat, Barry, Fat Barry does quite sound like a character that could be in one of these films oh. that we do, you know. Where's well, Fat Barry? He'll sort you out. Fat Barry, put these DVDs on your back, ship them off to Africa, see what happens. Go <laughs> on, right, boy. We're big in Namibia now. But one of the um, inspirations for this came from just whenever anyone walks into an HMV, when you look at the new releases section, it will always be like the latest Hollywood blockbuster some indie fare that got good reviews in Sundance, maybe a new TV series, a classic TV series, and then on that bottom row is a film that's got a very poorly photoshopped cover. Usually stars someone like Vinnie Jones or... or like a Martin Kemp. Martin Kemp, yeah, any post-EastEnders <laughs> actor out there. Whatever you gotta do to pay the bills. And we just, I think we all just at some point would have thought, no one will ever review these films or anything this cottage industry i think when we were thinking about this show i think we have to address that so many of those films ultimately exist because of the work of one guy ritchie and so it did seem appropriate <laughs> to start this captain ritchie yeah captain ritchie set us off the christopher columbus of uh, voyaging on into shitty british i prefer the patient zero of the epidemic <laughs> But the thing is, I will, to this day, even though it's been a long time since I've seen them, I will stand up and defend Lockstock and, and Snatch. Yeah, I think they're perfectly decent crime capers of Very the time. Good upstanding films, I enjoy them both. Mm. But then, he decided, I'm gonna be well intelligent and make an art film with guns. <laughs> <laughs> and chess. And Let's chess, not chess. Yes. Chess and Kabbalah. <laughs> Is Kabbalah an inspiration in this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of that sort of... Was it, is this Madonna times? Yeah, yeah. this because it was just well, he after he swept, made swept away, away yeah. with Madonna. That's where he met her. They got married and he took on that whole sort of Kabbalah influence throughout filming. And there's tropes you can see throughout the entire thing. Like the main three characters are supposed to be the three pillars oh, of the religion. God almighty. And it's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Im immediate we reaction is... You pretentious twat. I don't know if we actually said yet, this is Revolver we are talking <laughs> about. In every game and con, there is always an opponent. There is always a victim. Jake Green got out today. Seven years goes by quick. Are you sure this is a good idea? He owes me and he owes you. Now he has to pay. It's cause and effect. Rule one of any game or con. You can only get smarter by playing a smarter opponent. I've been warned if I let you sit down at this table, I might regret it. I'll toss you for everything under your chin. You're on. Where was security? They gassed him. It was impossible to break into. What well, obviously wasn't impossible to move, now was it, Paul? You don't even use that safe. Sam Gold's powder was in there. 
What's rule two of any game? The more sophisticated the game, the more sophisticated the opponent. Mr. Gold doesn't give more time, and he doesn't give second chances. No one sees gold, but gold sees everything. The Sam Gold I found myself chained to. And the opponent is challenged means the victim's intelligence is questioned. Pull the troops together. There will be consequences. You think I'm afraid of the consequences? No one can accept that. We know Green's behind everything. Heard him! Get in the car! I wanted you dead, I would have shot you already. Sorter never misses. Something is very wrong here. Mr. Green. No one lives and displeases Gold. Do you know who Sam Gold is, Mr. Green? He's behind every crime ever committed. You'll always find a good opponent in the very last place you would ever look. To describe who might like Revolver or what, what Revolver would be for... I would guess, and you guys might not be into football, but I would guess this is a film that Joey Barton thinks liking makes him well intelligent. I'd say what Joey Barton, good value on Twitter. <laughs> really good value on Twitter. Follow He's him. someone that will get a Nietzsche quote out there. <laughs> Joey Barton, you know what, I'm going to appear in a Morrissey video. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is, Revolver. It's basically a crime film. Or it's like someone who's like mildly intelligent. Like if the average IQ is 100, someone who's got like an IQ of 103. But they think <laughs> that makes them Einstein. <laughs> something like that. And so then they produce something like Revolver. So let's try as best as we can to describe this film to the viewer to maybe save them the trouble of watching it themselves. <laughs> we will give you the, um, the alternative commentary as it were, though not for the whole length of the film. Don't worry about Jesus that. Jesus Christ, now I'd have to sit through it again. <laughs> but let's just say it opens with Jason Statham in an unusual wig, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an questionable. It could be his own hair. <laughs> you don't know that. It's very questionable because like, throughout the film's about an hour and 50 minutes. The hair doesn't move once. <laughs> like it's been ironed into his face. <laughs> but it's, it's that one strand that comes across his face that just annoys me so much. I have to say, one sort of... I am a fan of his uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan era beard and biker tash oh, combo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm always fascinated by people who have intricate facial hair. That like requires efforts, <laughs> you know. We are we are we are all of varieties of scruffy beard around us right now. Who would have thought it? <laughs> rubbish films, all bearded nerds. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a bearded nerd. I'm gorgeous, thank you very much. I read somewhere that if you put enough uh, uh, mediocre white men together, then they m make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're good to see we're bucking the trend, lads. <laughs> and so. What, what? Not only does it open with Jason Statham about to leave prison, it opens with... Now, many films like to open with a quote. I think Spike Lee's used them in, in many of his films. Something that, that ties a film together thematically. A quote is not enough 
for Guy Ritchie, he needs four quotes. <laughs> now, I'm going to jump in here very quickly and say, I didn't necessarily pay for this movie. <laughs> and the version I got... Um, all the quotes are in German. I see. So, ah. other than knowing that the source was from the, the art of chess, or like, yeah, there was, Descartes, I have no idea what I bet Guy Ritchie would say, well, that disqualifies you from watching this film. You, can't, <laughs> you couldn't have understood it. Oh, <laughs> Guy Ritchie, I really wish it would disqualify me from watching that film. I really do. So, yeah, there's a quote from Caesar. There's a quote from a book about chess. There's a quote from a banker in the 16th century or the mm-hmm. 18th century, I can't remember. And, of course, like any first-year literature student, there is a Machiavelli quote in no, there. No, of course. <laughs> I suppose he didn't throw it up with like, one of Madonna's lyrics. Uh, and, lo, he said, get into the groove. Boy, you've got to prove your love to me. I mean, isn't that just so deep? But I mean, life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I really thought you were going to say this roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> life is a roller coaster. You've Rode just got to ride it. <laughs> well, so, I, I did like the Caesar one, though. It's the, the original Caesar one, it opens up the film with The greatest enemy will hide in the last place you ever look for it. Just like your socks or wallet as well, really. <laughs> See, that's that's why they're your greatest enemy. That's what they've been doing. They've been stealing your socks and your wallet over the years. It's a true nemesis that goes to that level of effort. Goddamn thieves! <laughs> uh, so then we move to a casino. So this doesn't take place, unlike um, Snatch and Lockstock, which are in like Mockney, London, Giza area. This is a bit like, like in a gritty, yeah, but real, but real places. This seems to exist in some sort of fantastical crime netherworld that American gangsters and Asian gangsters and. Cockney gangsters all live together. And for some reason, Andre three thousand. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, of, we'll get to him. It's kind of like um, Sin City, but in I can't think of a think of a London place. It's like um, Sin City. With, it's like Sin City without it being obviously fake. Yeah, I think it's maybe what some people in Blackpool envision turning that place into. <laughs> when they were going to they were going to try and turn Blackpool into a modern day Las, into a British Las Vegas when they got all the. Casino license. That would be come, great. Come. Just in the background, someone from Blackpool going, Hey, what's going on? Hey, you got Big Dipper. <laughs> but rather than, like, you know, stealing money and I was going to prison, it'll just be over fighting over chips. Well, they are novelty. <laughs> to be fair, we, we haven't got to it yet, but in this world, there's novelty banknotes that are $12 bills. So maybe they are maybe yes, they are in those yes. kids' casinos where, it's, you know, you've got Disney money, yeah. you've got... Blackpool $12 bills. <laughs> They're taking all my money. What are you doing? On the penny machines. I'm going to get it back. What do they expect the people at Blackpool to be able to do their 12 times tables? This was a stupid idea from the start. I don't know how much money I've got or how much I've lost. I would have rather gone with the euro. There, I've said it. <laughs> but I, think... I want my bendy bananas back. <laughs> well, one feature I quite want to introduce into this podcast with the Bad Bridge films is how quickly will we find someone who's been in Holby, EastEnders, Casualty, or Brookie? And what, oh, do, you reckon ah, the no, t- no, what no. do you reckon the time was in this one? Um, I reckon it was incredibly quickly, because there's that one actor who's been in Coronation Street and Dream Team. I'm guessing... Is it the one that's sitting... That's like Jason Statham's brother? Is he the one that's been in one of those? No, he's... Because he's quite early in the film. Is it the Irish fella? It was, uh, he's the bad guy. He's one of the bad guys, like the... Radiator? Uh, Radiator? Was he, was Radio- he Holby City? Radiator. Hey, I broke my foot. Oh, no. <laughs> his lieutenant, his legs. 
<laughs> it was in Holby City. He was playing a paramedic. How quickly? What was the time that we first saw? Three minutes, Holby? twelve seconds. Because we've got to get through those quotes first. There was a bit of reading involved before we saw people. Three twelve, higher or lower? I'm going to go lower. Two oh two. Oh, boom! Our first casualty. Two spot. minutes, two seconds. That's fantastic. And I am the first casualty of trivia. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah, Jason Statham and his brother are travelling to the casino where Ray Liotta and his main henchman, who I've never bothered learning the name of or anything, oh yeah, never is, is, uh, are discussing his imminent return. His name is Jimmy Badman. Jimmy Badman. Jimmy okay. Badman. Mr. And, Naughty Fingers. And uh, Jason Statham says he's got it. Now he has to pay. It's cause and effect. So he's already dropping science on people. <laughs> this is a clever guy. He dropped science knowledge into this. I mean, how else are you supposed to know the ins and outs of how a gun works? In case you... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know nothing about propulsion. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just wave the gun at him and hope the bullet comes out. <laughs> To be fair, Leota does that at one point in the film. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we should, uh, if you're wondering, that voice, those voices we were doing, is basically like 90% of this film. The entire is, film. Is Jason Statham monologuing like this. You're hearing his inner thoughts as he thinks them, because he thinks things that are thinking deep. That's what he's like because they did the same thing he was the narrator for Snatch, and in that he was just like, "Oh, this thing happened. It was well weird." It's like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough. I can get behind it." We'll see you talking in an E14 drama. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, it was well random. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you get the drift, though, don't you? <laughs> but then in this, it's like, "Oh, I'm very philosophical. I'm going to think about things quite deeply." Well, it's because he's got hair. That's where his power comes. Oh. <laughs> so when he's balded down, we need to expect less sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. If he grows his hair in, you know, it gets to that nice midpoint. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he sort of gets quotes wrong, but you know, you know, he understands you the basics of it. If he gets a ponytail, he becomes a guru. So Statham's arrival at the casino is greeted by many people lifting phones and not talking. <laughs> as a monster. Very nice phones, aren't they? <laughs> they were very, very fancy phones. They, no expenses spared at the fancy phone casino. <laughs> it's actually got to share half of the place, half of the space with the car phone warehouse. You know, like how WH Smiths now have to have post offices in them. Yeah. Look, times have been tough. Welcome to the fancy phone casino, owned by Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> had this film been set in Blackpool, that would have been terrific because outside it would have been a bunch of phone boxes just with hookers coming in and out, leaving the cards. Ah, uh, Blackpool, full of hookers. That's all films we set in Blackpool. <laughs> so Jason Statham gets, and I'm not calling him Mr. Green, even though Green does symbolise something apparently. Oh, my nose, he's just Jason, <laughs> bro. He's just Jason. <laughs> so Jason Statham gets sent up to uh, Ray Liotta's table, poker table. Uh, I think it's poker or it's blackjack, one of the two. Uh, because they never play poker or blackjack. This is what happens now. Jason Statham first loses a fortune and then wins a fortune in quick succession at this table by playing coin toss with a poker chip. <laughs> they said red or black, and then <laughs> and then it's like then he so he loses loads of money at that point, which is brilliant actually because it's like oh shit, it's just, uh, he's not <laughs> in that moment. He's like oh, I've been caught out by the by the gods of the coin toss. <laughs> I am a victim to their fate. So yeah, this is after Ray Liotta has um, shooed away the 
uh, token Chinese businessman mm-hmm. that has to sit at all gangster card tables and get eliminated very early on. <laughs> the unnamed Chinese businessman. But it turns out that not only Jason Statham is going to be talking waffle in this film, absolutely everyone is, because Ray Liotta at this point then tells him something along the lines of, I typed this as quick as I could as he was saying it before I lost the brain function from listening to this dialogue. <laughs> a wise man once told me there's only one rule in this world. A small question that all men must invest. The more men invest in that question, the more powerful he becomes. Can you guess what that question is, Mr. Green? What's in it for me? Which is a moment of such great profundity that no one has ever thought of in their <laughs> lifetime before. A wise man had to tell Ray Liotta to think that. <laughs> Be more of a selfish prick, Ray. <laughs> so it turns out that Statham apparently wants to start his own business, but Liotta claims that he has been and always will be an employee, so obviously they have a history. They have a past. So Statham turns to the guy next to him and challenges him to a coin toss. And he says, for what you've got. And then Ray Liotta goes, he's got you there. It's like, this isn't some great mind yeah. trap. And he's like, yeah, tossing the sodding coin. He, he oh can just say, God. oh, he no. Do that. He's, he's like, he didn't black donkey dare you. You haven't, you haven't got... <laughs> Pinky swear. Pay all but then he, so he chooses red and loses. But this uh, weird, like a weird filming choice. And, he, and he's chosen to do this. We do not see the, the, the chip tossed. We do not see where the chip lands. There is no insert shot of a red chip or a blue chip or whatever. It just stays and goes, oh, for fuck's sake. All is cool <laughs> is lost immediately. <laughs> and he loses. So then he challenges Ray Liotta for a coin toss for everything under your chair. I thought you said chin, and I couldn't chin, work it I out. Could, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't work like, it out. You want, yeah. you want the carpet? No <laughs> shirt. You want my, my, what? what? <laughs> That's not an expression. Just everything would be fine. Everything you got, <laughs> you know. <laughs> not everything but what I also chin. like, what, what I wish Leo had said is, but you have no money on you anymore. You just lost it. So you got, oh, I'll bet you nothing. So, yeah, like... Hmm, I could lose everything and win nothing. Uh, no. Oh, that's like when you're at school and you've got to do like two times zero. It's a trick. Yeah. Like, Hang on, man. This is maths here. Like, ah, but there's a two in there. There's it a can't two, be zero. A, how can it two be times zero? minus two? What is that's this nice. witchcraft? <laughs> can't do this. Yeah. So, yeah, Statham wins somehow. Mm-hmm. And then he offers him double or quits. And at that point, we suddenly see a shot of him taking a large stack of money from the uh, registry or whatever they call that at the casino and he and he walks off after refusing to play again but then he just before he leaves he's uh, stopped by big pussy from the sopranos yes. and that's yes. what that's what I will be calling him oh. from now on big pussy from the sopranos big pussy uh, who gives him a business card whilst he's talking on an old timey phone at the same time i tell you man i come to this place for the phones yeah the phones <laughs> It was two thousand. This one's from the eighties. <laughs> it was two thousand six. A different time. I tell you, he doesn't make as much money from his casino debts as he does phone enthusiasts coming. <laughs> it's the finest phone museum in all of Blackpool. <laughs> He's got a wonderful connection with the guys that have two. One thing that we forgot to mention actually is that Leota has a long-running phobia of lifts. But despite this, he pretty much always goes into a lift. You mean Statham? Yeah, Statham, sorry. Uh, He's like, I don't trust lit. I don't, elevators, that's what they're called in this film. Yeah. I don't yeah. trust elevators. Because he went all American. Yeah, yeah. 
he, he doesn't take the elevator this time. He insists on taking the stairs. And he looks at the card that Big Pussy from The Sopranos has given him. And then collapses. Don't slow motion to that bit of classical music that people who don't know anything about classical music is one of the five <laughs> tunes they recognise. I did recognise one of those. Exactly. And Guy Ritchie's like, I'm well clever now. I've got, I've got Quotes, classical and music. And classical music. <laughs> and cause and effect. And science. He's got three so far. <laughs> he's nailing it. He's, he's a true renaissance man, isn't he, Guy Ritchie? <laughs> I did a film with Madonna. That's what everyone should do. So yeah, just Statham suddenly collapses. I don't know if it's just like, oh no, I've realised I'm in a film where there's going to be slow motion to classical music. I want out of this. And he slowly falls down the I, stairs. I have a theory that it's the sheer weight of the hair on his head. Is <laughs> yeah. Gravity again, has taken him. Again, his hair did not move out of place once. He fell down the stairs. <laughs> Bolted on. <laughs> so Leota is very angry that he's lost his money, and he also wonders why Statham says, "I am finished with him yet." So obviously there is still more to come. Just um, a quick, quick thing, Statham could have just literally just gone, "Yeah, I've just fallen down a staircase. I want compensation." <laughs> Injury lawyers for you on the rescue. It's legit my business. Uh, yeah. Enough, yeah. I was reading the card, minding my own business. When, for no reason, I fell down these flight of stairs. Injury lawyers for you made me £15,000. It'd take me months of coin tossing to make that. <laughs> so, uh, Statham wakes up in hospital and then insists on leaving the hospital immediately. And the doctors are like, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to worry. We'll give you your results later. And then they turn up at a block of flats, which I assume is where Statham's supposed to live at this point. And there's another card on the floor. And he reads it and it says, pick me up. And when he's bent down to pick it up, gunfire goes off. And many a henchman and friend that I suppose we're meant to care about are killed in the fire that has been set off. Uh, Ray Liotta had said, you know, I want rid of him. And also at some point he says, I don't want any of your foolish amateur gangsters, which... To me, I read that because the second, another time later in the film, he says, I don't want no clowns doing this. It's like, I think that's Guy Ritchie going, I'm above portraying gangsters <laughs> who are of the yes. uh, lower end conspiring with Vinnie Jones vintage. I have. I shall have no fools here. I have people from Goodfellas and proper actors like Mark Strong. <laughs> <laughs> it just in his head. I am so smart. Uh, <laughs> no Dexter Fletcher in this film, I'll have you know. <laughs> Jason Fleming, stay away, boys. Jason, I've got faith that you can bridge this gap into the art house world. <laughs> <laughs> After the work you did in the crank films, I think <laughs> Michael Haneke will be knocking at your door before you know it. Um, but then Big Pussy turns up with an Uzi and so starts shooting at this door. We don't see who's shooting at them. But, um, and insists on Stephen getting into the car using the classic line if I wanted you dead you'd be dead already I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not part of you know <laughs> there's plenty of other people that want him dead at this point as well plus for a man that large he's not exactly a target you're going to miss really is he all that hair you're going to miss him exactly lovely like, glorious hair you're shooting a big pussy you're going to hit big pussy mm. no offence mm. It depends what, what you've drunk that night. He's really good at stealth. He can hide in any box perfectly. They call him the chameleon. <laughs> so then Ray Liotta finds out whilst in his bright blue tanning room 
Yes, there's a lot of really annoys me. It made him look like a Smurf. Just a massive Smurf. There's a lot of colour, single colour shots, and it's all yeah, it's it's very much style over substance. Yes, symbolises things. And what's also interesting is this is one of many times we will see a shirtless. Rayliota in various levels of undress. I think he's only in his pants at this point. I like Rayliota's physique at this point is like a middle-aged man that did work out for maybe six months, stopped doing it about a month ago, but still thinks, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it all right. I can, I can, <laughs> they, actually, they had to do some reshoots. Like, previously, it was brilliant. He was in great shape. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, we need to do those uh, scenes where you look like a smurf again. We decided... We decided oh, to... what? <laughs> I, was, time I was in, in shape the then. I've been drinking full Coke. I've had donuts every day. Oh, man. It wasn't the right shade of blue that we got you in. <laughs> uh, at this point, Statham is taken to see... Andre 3000 in the chess room of this building. <laughs> and this is a this is a heartbreaker for me because I don't know about you but like speaker box the love below specifically the love <laughs> below was like the album of my second year at uni. I adored that album. I still do adore that album. How he ever like struggled not to like the second stage comes in and go, "Hey ya." Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's I don't the know thing. How this film that. strips so much charisma away from like one of the most charismatic pop stars of the ah. of the past decade. But like, Kabbalah teaches us that to be so flash would be simply wrong. I'm a serious actor now, so that means I have to rid myself of any kind of reason for you to watch me. I brought along my assistant here, big pussy. You're and right. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if the entire time I was like, hey, here, duck, duck it. We <laughs> are in the north. He, he spent the year in the north of England preparing for this role. Just sat there. I mean, that tub with Andre 3000. Madness. <laughs> Absolute madness, lad. <laughs> so, yeah, Andre 3000 is there and he sits down at the chess table and challenges Statham to a game of chess and loses, which must be like the most humiliating thing in the world. <laughs> So, yeah, um, Andre 2000 has his medical results somehow. Uh, <laughs> and in... That's a beautiful thing. Like, oh, I've just got to have to have your medical results. And Dyson says, at no point, goes, the fuck are you doing with my medical <laughs> It's Andre 3000. He can do anything. Back, <laughs> back then, there were, you know, that album was still had some work. You know? Yeah. Was, thinking, was that before or after Idlewild? The film that... Yeah, I think oh, it's around yeah. the same time, yeah. Because, yeah... It was not their purple rain, it's fair to say. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, Statham, he tells Statham that he only has three days to live and uh, then sets conditions for him to work for them. They want every penny from him, at which point Statham thinks, this is a con. It's like they're not <laughs> hiding this from you. If you're being conned, they're not going to tell you, I'm going to rob you. You wouldn't be like, because then you'd be like, hang about, I think this guy's going to rob me. And they, then he has to do everything that they tell him, and he will answer every question that they ask him. Then Andre 2000 says, you don't have a lot of time. And in reality, you don't have a choice. Oh. I think he took the rest of the day off when he wrote that. Yeah. It's like, right, you haven't got a lot of time, you don't have a choice. Right, that's me done. Lunch. Yeah. <laughs> After that Ray Liotta line, I have been kicking it this week. <laughs> it, it does baffle me the fact that it wasn't just Richie that was part of this. Luke Besson also had a heavy yeah, hand in making it. The thing it. with Besson is like every one of his films look great, but if he spent as much time on story, character, dialogue as he does on design and look, 
He'd be making absolute classics that everyone would like. Not just oh. every person has to have that one Luke Besson film they defend. Everyone's like, well, I actually think The Fifth Element's really good. Or people now say, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I am that person. There I enjoyed go. Valerian and I will stand by it. I just, ah, oh, I liked everything about it except for the film. <laughs> and even as a fan of the film, you're like, I know exactly what you mean about that. It's like, oh, Dane DeHaan, you should be doing better than this. Come on, son. Uh, Dane DeHaan has that weird... He looks like he's uh, like a, he's a thousand-year-old man that's living on the outer cocoon of a younger man. But you can see in the eyes the old man inside oh, yeah, of him. Oh, the eyes have seen things. <laughs> Horrendous things. And all he can do is go, yeah, I'll do a film with Metallica. But he has yet to grow chest hair. <laughs> Smooth like a seal. <laughs> so yeah, um, Statham then goes to a doctor to get his uh, blood test results confirmed, and he, he says maybe my favourite line of the film in his di- in his inner dialogue. Oh, they're smart, smart as a pair of little boy's shoes. <laughs> Is a little boy's <laughs> a little boy's notorious for having smart shoes? Is this a common phrase somewhere? <laughs> Is this Blackpool lingo? I don't get or something. Hey, up smart look boy shoes, eh, man? <laughs> we only able to live with one pair of shoes a whole life, so when you have them as a little child, that's when they're at the best. You're cleaning them, you're cleaning them every day, and you're not stopping cleaning them until you're dead. <laughs> See, I thought this bit, though, was great, because we're 20 minutes into the film, and he's uh, already had two uh, NHS consultants, and people complain. But what's brilliant is that when he goes for a third opinion, he puts a gun to the guy because he's convinced he's on the take. <laughs> that guy's like, this is why I'm going private. Jeremy Hunt does not care about us. <laughs> The oh, shit Jeremy. that junior doctors have to put up with. Jeremy Hunt doesn't care about anyone. We know this. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Here's another one. Here's another one that uh, we're gonna have to just talk about. Oh, Let's I just get it. There was another quote. You may have got it, but again, when he's again, I think it's a bit of internal dialogue. And it was, there's only one thing I've learned about experts, is that experts know fuck all. Oh yes, the Michael Gove approach. <laughs> <laughs> what? I love how we went mean? to the Tory slandering section of the podcast <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> Fucking Guy Ritchie wears tweed, I bet he's a Tory voter. Hang on, three white liberals with beards doing a podcast, who would have thought they hit the Tories? <laughs> and this is another line that he comes up at this point in his inner monologue, when you're winning... Who thinks about losing? But when you're faced with what I'm looking at, a new cold reality dawns. A fact we'd like to ignore. You cannot win. The only prize they guarantee you in this game is that you will lose. It's only a question of when. And lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. I'm taking the rest. It's, it's only I'm it's only a week off. No, it's only September, but I'm taking the rest of the year yeah, off. I yeah. think the rest of the script is pretty much going to write itself. <laughs> we start filming in December. I don't mind. Madge, where are you? I've done something good. <laughs> right, there's the script. Find as many coloured light bulbs as you can, and we have got ourselves a movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have that Mark Strong on the phone. He's good for something. So Statham is in a no-win situation and he's under their control now at this point. So he takes his $12 bills out of the vault and tar- carries them over. Just relieved. I'm just relieved they didn't want change. It's in denominations of 327 for some reason. <laughs> and he comes out with his line, Desperate men do desperate things. Which is the entire plot. <laughs> in one line so at this Sums point also Ray Liotta still showing off his buff bod yep, in yep. an open gown at this point sexy Guy, Ray will call him from now on Guy Ritchie at this point is talking to his producer are you going to tell him or am I that we don't need to see him this show he, he, re- he put it in his contract he really <laughs> insisted on this now Ray <laughs> there was turn some... around all we want to see is your beautiful beautiful ass. <laughs> every day he was there and he got his trailer and stuff and there's like, like wardrobe here and there's you know people setting him up and stuff oh right okay we'll just go for lunch right okay just give me two seconds he's burning all their clothes I'm <laughs> wearing this and nothing at all nothing else it's like it's like that uh, Sean Bean thing Sean Bean has to die in every film fucking Ray Liotta has just to just pants. strip off anytime he works with Guy Ritchie <laughs> uh, so we, we gave him a suit it was really nice it was really expensive I don't know what happened to it mate you know I was there I mean, two seconds a and... fire happened it got involved and now I'm hearing the nod <laughs> So yeah, Ray Liotta's giving a bollocking to his best assassin, Mark Strong, who was shocked that he'd missed Statham in that earlier shootout, even though we never saw him there. And, yeah, And his driver felt the need to repeat to him what he'd just said. Maybe you also point out Mark Strong, again with hair, a rarity. But it's like one single strand of hair. He's got like that hair island, like uh, Steve yeah. McLaren and Phil Collins. <laughs> Steve but it's meant to, um, maybe it's meant to represent like the, the island of our souls, and the fact that we are the only ones there that's what the single no, no. As, as a balding man you just hold on as long as you can <laughs> or is it the fact that the wig and makeup department really just run out of ideas well no they put all the effort into Jason's hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> I will give you one strand of my glorious wig they need the make of it what you will and they just stuck that one hair right in the middle of Mark Strong's head <laughs> the Statham turns up with his big bag full of $12 bills and 239 cents and, <laughs> and Andre whilst Andre 3000 and Big Pussy have moved on from chess they're now playing pool so Statham's big first job is to drive them they went through a lot of effort to poison this man (laughs) they could have got an Uber (laughs) no what I really liked about this is every um, every time there's a meeting or it's an indoor shot outside it's raining or it's looking dark or miserable in the car it'd be lovely it's like they're on a beach in Miami or something it's glorious so Andre 3000 at this point explains to him we are and I apologise for the unnecessarily dramatic moniker Loan Sharks is that a, like a suddenly like are we meant to go oh, sharks no not really don't worry about <laughs> no, it he, he was twisting his moustache as he said it in a, in a 20s Lone evil way sharks <laughs> <laughs> It's a novel concept. And so and it's also gonna be that money that Statham gave them that they will be loaning. They visit an accountant where Statham's told not to say anything, and he's thinking, Maybe I am being conned. Dude, you like <laughs> <laughs> you knew you. this going in they told uh, me two or three times earlier on we're going to take your money and you can't ask questions then he gets furious that Andre 3000 snaps his fingers at him although I like to imagine that was actually Statham <laughs> in like reality yeah, improv, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he it's, it goes it's a strange thing but I still don't like to give it away why the fuck does it still hurt he's confused that he's losing his money and he's upset <laughs> about it you can just imagine about a shop that'll be £9.50 please 
It's like, I can walk off. And then, but they go, no, but sir, your $2.50 change for some reason. <laughs> sir, your 13 and 63 cents dollar change out of a £10 note. <laughs> and for some reason, a shilling as well. There we go. A shiny sixpence. <laughs> so then he finally gives them his history that he apparently worked for some Irish gangsters and he took someone's place at a poker game uh, where he won the game and then he was mocked by his uh, the people that he beat and just with some weird censored out insult for some reason in that moment. Uh, this film, I'm pretty sure this film got R-rated and it was a 15 or 18. I'm pretty certain it was an 18, actually. Um, but what I love is in that flashback, he looks the same, he's got the same hair, and he's got the stubble, but he doesn't have the bike attached. So I like to think of that moment that he was being laughed at by everyone else in the room. He's like, I do not project enough authority. I best grow a Hulk Hogan moustache out, and then people will take me more seriously. The one thing I need more in this life is more facial hair. <laughs> and also... Maybe a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, during the shootout, the money was lost. Uh, Statham was taken in for questioning. The Irish gangsters were worried that he was going to squeal, so they threatened his brother and his brother's wife and his brother's niece, uh, his brother's daughter. And then... <laughs> His brother's niece, a.k.a. his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. My brother really cares about his niece. You mean your daughter? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> Uh, uh, then they accidentally kill his uh, his sister-in-law yeah apparently so Um, Statham spends seven years in prison because he won't say that it was one of Leota's poker games he keeps his uh, contacts I don't know uh, he, he doesn't. He doesn't reveal his sources. He's he has dedi- journalistic integrity. <laughs> Dedicated to the underworld, that boy. <laughs> I am representing the fourth estate, and I will represent it with pride. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, the the Irishmen were killed in the interim. Uh, then they meet another guy. He drops off some more money at a, a loan shark. He's dropped off a motel and then leaves the motel. This is I, uh, again. I got really confused around this point. And that's oh, only around this one. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and Joey Barton has a smug sense of satisfaction. I knew exactly uh, yeah, what was going you, what's on. Going on this <laughs> um, and so then, uh, so then after that, uh, Ray Liotta is suddenly in this big marble uh, Italian building. You don't see these. Oh. I don't know what part of Blackpool this was supposed this was to the be. Thing where if you look at the room, everything is like a gold statue or it's something. It's just saying, "I have money. I'm a bad guy." You know? <laughs> and decadence. And you another one. there just stroke like being the evil Bond stroking the cat, but it's made of solid gold cat. You know? <laughs> and it's and it's another one of the five pieces of classical music that people will recognise as <laughs> being played. To be honest, when you say just to go back, when you say solid gold cat, all I can think of is those ones you see him up the chart. Oh, the waving arms. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, cats! For the sake of the podcast, Tom is doing that with his hand. Tom was waving. Yeah. Audio medium, though. To be fair, for an audio medium, they may not know what that is. As you oh, described. I know what it means. <laughs> Hell no. Tom's doing that. Again. That's you, un- what... you understand. Tom's doing that. The police have been called. Michael's been made to look a fool. <laughs> How can he redeem himself? That's my internal monologue there. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, Leota's now in business with Mr. Gold, and this is apparently Mr. Gold's Oh, the boss, the final, bo- final boss. What final could battle. Gold possibly stand for? Oh, maybe 
if we move the L out of the way. <gasps> oh my god! Have I just blown your fucking mind? Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really him, you've only talked three words. I said lunch. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but then he only sees Mr. Gold's representative. Well, at first, I thought it was Tilda Swinton, because I assume any woman in most. I thought he was the dressmaker out of The Incredibles. I thought it was Tilda Swinton playing the dressmaker ah, out of The Incredibles. Next level. She could do anything, she's adaptable, it's great. <laughs> but it turns out it's a different woman, a uh, different actress. Or maybe that was Tilda Swinton's old, one of her many alter egos. Yeah. It turns out Tilda Swinton is also uh, Viola Davis. She's also. David Bowie. David Bowie. She's, she's just been cloned numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> Tilda Swinton makes up 80% of the entertainment industry. In- I think 80% of humanity she's the greatest living actress of all time in Guy Ritchie's weird smurf blue tanning place thing it's just filled with clones of her we need another one this has jumped off a cliff uh, we need three more Tildes for Wednesday can you get me some more what do you want to dress up as this time I don't know Nick Cage in the 90s get it done yeah. <laughs> what's up you want to play the Archangel Gabriel in front of Keanu Reeves yeah Come get it on done me. get it done right there's a school nativity down the road she can play Mary <laughs> They've remade Swamp Thing. Oh, that's going to yeah, be... You're going to need two Tilda Swintons for that one. One sitting on top of the other one's shoulders. <laughs> Not Tilda Swinton then tells him that, the, that she's happy to do business with him whilst she's fondling some air stewardess there whilst a man in a fez is standing behind her. None of this is made up! <laughs> I think every film can be improved with just a man in a fez. <laughs> or a woman. Let's not be sexist about it. Women can wear fezzes too. Can oh, we? Yeah. <laughs> they can't have quality, but they can wear fezzes. I don't know if that was part of the, you know, you never know. It's crazy some of the things women can't do. For example, more than one can't speak in a Guy Ritchie film. So, Statham has to tell them a bit more of his backstory at this point, and now he's telling them about his time in solitary. So, Statham was sat between a chess master and a con man. And that's not the start of a joke or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not one. That's another one. Not another one of those like smart like a little boy's shoes. I was stuck between a con man and a chess master. You mean a chess player and a con man who really is obvious who it is from the second. How you dare see you? It. The silhouette adds mystery to that man. Silhouette is clearly of a big man. Turns out that these two trade books about theoretical astrophysics and the mathematics of quantum mechanics. Science. Stop it! So pretentious! <laughs> books that Guy Ritchie at best has on his bookshelf. <laughs> he's, got a br- he's put them on his wish list on Amazon. That's what he's done. <laughs> Hasn't even perused them Look, at all. We all get rubbish Christmas presents, all right? You can <laughs> stack them up, just leave them there. Oh, yeah, I, just get them. Oh, thanks. Also, I like, they are, I like that they are tech. Textbooks. I think Guy Ritchie thinks that textbooks are supposed to be read like a novel, from start to finish. <laughs> I've read War and Peace and GCSE Physics. <laughs> just as getting towards like the bibliography, I reckon the butler did it. It's always that book of zoology that's the culprit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got stacks of psychology books from, like, from uni. I might just go flog them to him. They're just they're doing nothing in my house. You know? It's a real page turner, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> they they trade books about astrophysics and he says it's a dangerous combination chess and cons it's like a dangerous combination Guy Ritchie and a films yeah it's a dangerous combination Di- Guy Ritchie and director's cut privileges yeah it was at this point I realised we're about 
37 minutes into this. Oh. I did realise that, yeah, I paid £3 for this. So it turns out that they want to get in on a con together and that Jason Statham's like the conduit to this con, so they're all trading notes and chess moves and all kinds of bollocks. I mean, you know, I would personally just be playing squares with someone like when you did in school when you were bored. You when, know? They were, when they were doing uh, playing chess... This or was, noughts and crosses. But it was the third time the quote had been used, the only way to get smarter is by playing a smarter opponent. That quote is used so often throughout the film. And it's like obvious that like, I think Guy Ritchie thinks that he is the smarter opponent yeah. and the audience is Jason Statham. Well, you're entertained and you're learning whilst you're watching this. You see, I this work... is a cinematic textbook you are watching right now. <laughs> so it turns out that those people made a formula to make money off of gambling. Uh, yeah, during all this time, he's, yeah. during all this time, Jason Statham's beating Andre 3000 at another game of chess. At this point, there's another chess quote, or I think it might be the same chess quote. No, quotes. it's the same one every time because I counted. Oh, God's <laughs> sake. <laughs> okay, stop that. I would have counted were enough for the fact that it's mainly in German. It's used 11 times in the film. And so, uh, th- at this point, he has this amazing part where he's just going through a loop of, like, dropping off money and, like, taking yeah, a shower did. and, you know, and, and picking up money and he... Um, and, and at this point, he's saying, I'm stuck in a trance somewhere between hell and a hard place, a gear that doesn't exist. And all that I want now is a little piece. And he's just saying cliche after cliche, mm. or, or made up cliches like a little boy's shoes. And it's just like <laughs> he could have said anything at this point. I, I was expecting him to go like, "Bereft of life, it ceased to be. If we hadn't nailed it to a perch, it'd be pushing up the daisies." <laughs> but he's just describing a job. He's got a job. He's describing <laughs> a job. You do the same thing day after day. You don't really like it, but you have to get on with it. I'm just wondering, is this still within like, the three days yeah. that he's supposed to yeah, be done? Yeah. Yes, yes. And not only that, he's going to the same people that they've sent them out. Well, I know even the harshest loan shark will give someone more than three days to spend that money and get that money back. Also, how many times is he showering? Because I assumed it was every morning, but it couldn't be because there was like seven showers know, you, in this you, you've, you've got to be careful with that hair. It will come out yeah, in clumps if yeah. you shower too frequently. <laughs> over shampooing because it's been frayed and distraught. So he turns up with Big Pussy and Andre 3000 who are now dressed as... That's just as a lovely a... sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he turns up with Big Pussy and Andre 3000. <laughs> who are now dressed as mechanics and they're welding something and there's like the only other woman that's uh, allowed to have one line mechanic. of dialogue in the film. Mechanics. Metal science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Ritchie's good with his hands, good with his brains. <laughs> Both Not so brain. great with a keyboard. <laughs> He asked them if uh, he visited the people with the with the loan sharks and got anything out of them, and he said no, and they're horrified. And it's like again, give them more than two yeah, days exactly. to get money. To you are the worst loan. No wonder you're. They've had to use Jason Statham's money because they've loaned out all their other money in the space of like six days. <laughs> Terrible loan sharks. We had we had dozens and dozens of millions of pounds, and we've lost it all, and we'll never get it back. And then finally, the, like a month after all this has happened, oh, here's your first payment. What the what now? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at this, around this point, Jason Statham has refused to take money or, or anything off of a little old lady that they've loaned money to as well. He won't take a TV, he won't take a dog, and oh, 
God almighty. <laughs> Why would they want the dog? Because they said, she hasn't got anything. I can't take anything of value. We'll take the dog. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you villains. <laughs> but then you've got to look after a dog. <laughs> they haven't got because time for religion this. religion says they're she be... must be stripped of all material. They're, they're and also, sharks. They haven't got time to take a dog out for a walk, yeah. have they? Well, what these loan sharks have been busy doing, you realise with cutting backwards and forwards, because this is not going in clear chronological <laughs> order, because he's well clever like that. <laughs> <laughs> like Tarantino. Yeah. And he kept a Tamagotchi alive for seven days. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to do something for all the spare hours where he finished the script. You know, this script is taking me no time I need a hobby <laughs> stay alive stay alive stay alive you know what you need lunch <laughs> it finally died when you gave another depressing monologue to him about the futility of life just kept looking at it so Tamagotchi what do you think about another chess analogy <laughs> tell me about Tamagotchi Tamagotchi, Tamagotchi. <laughs> Matt is dead so Leota's had his vault robbed from them. He thought this vault was empty, but it turns out this is where all of Mr. Gold's cocaine has been put in. Oh. Ray Leota does not have his finger on the pulse. It, always, it has to be said. It's always in the last place you look for it. Oh, but, oh I cook, yeah, yeah, I cook. Yeah, so it turns out they've got to use Lord John, and this is where we get more racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I've been waiting for this moment. Because, you see, not only is he an expert in language and uh, science he's also a cultural commentator is Guy Ritchie so they turn to why I'm assuming he's meant to be Blackpool's Yakuza who never uh, the main one never really speaks that much maybe it's because the mystique would be lost you know this is Lord John hey up there lad I'm Lord John <laughs> I uh, now want some more <laughs> Uh, these short of a 12 bob or two. <laughs> <laughs> Sit yourself down or we'll have a chat about repayments, eh? Yeah, come on. So, yeah, they're, they're setting up a, a meeting where they were going to trade goods and money or something, and also Leota and so uh, Andre 3000, Big Pussy from The Sopranos, and Jason Statham go to the same hotel that they're having this meeting, and they put sleeping gas into both of their rooms. Mm. During all this time on the TV, it's switching between live action yeah. and really poorly rotoscoped idea of what anime is. Yeah, like like some sort of terrible version of a scanner darkly. Yeah, he's transcending genres, is Guy Ritchie at this point. Well, but I kind of, I... Does it though? What could this bit mean? Well, this bit really confused me because I'd like I. I'm bored at this point. So I was like, I, was I, like, think, oh, I think like, everyone did. I, was like, I think even Guy Ritchie did at this point. Guy like, this needs Twitter. some colour. I was on my phone or Twitter or text or something like this. And then I turn up and it's like, that can't be a cartoon. Back to my phone. And it was like, every two seconds it was either a cartoon or not. And then something about sleepy powder. And, and they now they have something rather. I, I got from here on in. I'm out pretty much. I was going to so say having I, a man with an attention span like yours was pretty much a bad move. I, for this. I, I tagged out. So to symbolise that Leota's mad in animated form, his hand turns into machine guns. Yeah. And his hair gets all flamey, and his physique gets even buffer. <laughs> and he gets sexy red. He insisted that they drew every contour of his abdominal muscles <laughs> the, in that cartoon. The angrier he gets, the more tattoos he sort of has on his daughter. And so then the Yakuza lead Yakuza Lord John guy finds out what's happened, and he also goes all anime rotoscope and gets some nunchucks out. Because racist. And so now, after all that nonsense, Statham is winning another chess game. And Andre 3000 wants to know why he keeps winning. Statham then points out, the art for me 
is for me to feed these pieces to you and make you believe you took those pieces. The more control that the victim thinks he has, the less control he really has. Which really, the more control Guy Ritchie thinks he has of this film, the less control he truly does. <laughs> you see, what I'm reading into that is what Jason Statham's character has essentially done is played it quite badly and just won by a fluke every time. <laughs> so, yeah, I just made you believe you were getting these pieces. And he's really inside. He's like, oh, do I keep doing this? No, no, no. You don't understand. There's a formula, There's a Tom. formula, Tom. The formula has infinite depth in its advocacy and application, but it is staggeringly simple and completely consistent. And what a formula is used for? Science. Yeah. God science. God science. <laughs> Gold science. God science. The more sophisticated the game, the more sophisticated the opponents. And, you know, Guy Ritchie is a sophisticated kind of guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm no, he's, he's just been winging it the entire time. What is amazing, though, when you think about this, is Guy Ritchie is like, my God, I was making a lot of crap before this. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is going to be what I'm going to be remembered for. I think my palm door is already in the mail. <laughs> Yeah, it was at this point that I googled, how much is Guy Ritchie worth? <laughs> then, and the I, answer? then I got a bit sad. How much <laughs> is he worth? Uh, I didn't write that in my notes. But lots and lots and lots of money and I got very sad. Yeah. Mm. So it's all about distraction and making someone thinking they're winning. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's been able to make at least a couple of people in this world think that he's made a good movie. So maybe he is right. I don't know. Fight Club was all right. Did he do that one? No, 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 no. That, that, that's David Fincher. It's one of those oh, films. Fincher as Fincher can See, I'm, not very, yeah. I'm not very good with films. It's like... Neither's Guy Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Please come back, Mr. Vaughan. Please come back. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's very rare that you're you're, you're cheering on the producer yeah. in, a, in an artistic combo. But you can very clearly tell what was lacking. <laughs> so apparently, you uh, also you only get smarter by playing a snake was one line I have written down. Maybe I've... Have you ever played Trying Stakes and Ladders with a snake? It's an absolute nightmare. That's true. At that moment, actually, when he's talking about a snake, I remember that like he swirls the one of the chess pieces like a like it's snakes. And then ladders. he clearly thinks he's playing the wrong game. Yeah, surely. yeah. <laughs> so next time you'll put like the pawn there and go, Cluedo. What is your what Snap. is your what is your, what is your <laughs> secret, Mister Green? I make sure that I roll as many sixes as I possibly can. <laughs> What's your secret, Mister Green? I think you find that Reverend Green. <laughs> So, rather than chess, I'd love it if we just played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, what, yeah, what, just go what, on loads of quests. What would you rather would have been? Would have been more fun if it had been? Would have been more appropriate to the actual level of sophistication of this film? Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks. Sabutio. Jenga. <laughs> Sabutio. 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 I think we've all at some point for a Christmas or a birthday got a Sabutio set. Got very excited and then realised that Sabutio is not a fun game to play. I won one for like a fancy football tournament that we did in school once. Is that the end of the idea? That is is literally the end. That is the the end. That is the feature we're adding in every episode called Anecdotes with Tom. (laughs) One day I saw a dog. That has been another episode of Anecdotes with Tom. I'd like to share. I I, I was getting annoyed at this point because I just realised my my next notes, usually my notes are either quotes or plot points. At this point I wrote down continuing babbling bullshit. Oh, I've got that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's basically the entire film. (laughs) I've got a very similar note a little bit later later on which 30 minutes of utter bollocks blah 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 meaningless dialogue this to be fair there is a I think often in bad films you find some truth in it that the director or the writer usually both don't realise is there in some bad films you find a little bit of truth and this is this is 
this is the truth of this film oh, in this okay. one line of dialogue. This is the actual truth. Means the victim's investment and thus his intelligence is questioned. No one can accept that. Not even to themselves. That's basically this film. Take a bow, sir. <laughs> and snore. He definitely added a thus. Everything else looked best on his friend. Someone, someone highlighted a yeah. word and then no. right-clicked thesaurus, no. didn't they? <laughs> That's a sentence he started with thus and he went his way back. <laughs> if he could figure out some way to fit a concurrently in there. <laughs> Vis-a-vis. A bit of Latin. Job done, lunchtime. <laughs> We are in lunchtime now, guy. From the previous lunchtime you called. Lunch number two. <laughs> Second lunch. All right. The luncheoning. <laughs> this time. Well, lunch number two, a game of shadows. Uh, then it turns out that someone's got more tricks than a clown's pocket. Again! Do clowns' pockets hold tricks in them? But magicians, they have tricks in it. Yeah. But a clown is A clown just... is not a magician. Yeah. <laughs> don't, clown... Most clowns keep the tricks in, like, in the car, no, in the, the pockets. Clowns don't do tricks, apart do you... from the balloons. They do like, balloons. Do you think... Do you think a bucket of water? Ooh, it's best, oh, best clown. Do you think if clown... Do you think if clowns got involved in a big car pile-up and they all died in the ensuing wreckage, they would all make sure they fit into one coffin that was then <laughs> rolled into <laughs> the... Uh... Way to keep it up, beat there, man. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> publicity show for the podcast right okay we're going to get a bunch of clowns and a coffin see when we can fit in so Statham's starting to find out that this uh, group of mobsters that he's aligned with are res- uh, perceived as sort of the last resort they're like the worst of the worst <laughs> and that they've stepped on Mr Gold's toes well, they're terrible because they're loan yeah. sharks you don't have any money yeah they don't understand how <laughs> loans <laughs> work you should never step on God's toes <laughs> get awfully angry <laughs> and so he advises Statham to get out of there which I love the idea that Statham's like, oh, I never thought of that before. Yeah. Well, has he has he already found out at this point that he's not going to die? Has it been three days yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, there was his mate was on the phone sort of saying, "You've got to get out of there." God, no, you've got to get out of there. You've got to get out of there. Love, Listen to your you friends. You've got to get through this. Yeah, they're also saying, get through this. <laughs> they've got it with, with, with Mr. Gold, they've got to say, the smoke signals say, dodge him like an angry bullet. All bullets <laughs> should be dodged. And I've never, I've never met an avuncular bullet. The one bullet coming towards you with a very happy look in its face. Oh, come on then. No, you know, um, it's the, like the big ones in Mario games. But just kind of oh, pulling him around. Oh, <laughs> he was playing Mario at that point. He's like, oh, that's an angry bullet. Now that's a metaphor. <laughs> See, you could do it if it was remade now. They could do it with uh, the Switch. So at this point, uh, they're at one of their clients, one of the ones that they loaned money to three days ago, and they have them on their knees with a gun to their heads. Mm-hmm. Again, really bad business you guys have got. Yes. <laughs> you know, you've spent all our money. We want it back. And since you can't give it back within three days, we will shoot mate, you in the head. Mate, and you gave it to me 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even left the house yet. Here's a loan. We want the money back. What, you literally just gave it to me. To me. <laughs> I was going to go and buy a big posh car, but I haven't put my shoes on yet. Bloody hell. <laughs> you went outside and then knocked back on the door. Uh, so it turns out, so then Andre 3000 insists that Jason Statham now has to kill that man. And like Andre had just killed the other accountant, one of the first people that they loaned money to. And Statham, so he tells Big Pussy to give his gun to Statham. Big Pussy seems annoyed at this. Statham has the gun. And then Statham tries to shoot Andre 3000. Straight away, yeah. But there's no bullets in the gun. Uh... Now, if Big Pussy is angry, 
<laughs> don't take my gun away from me it's all I have <laughs> he's gonna know I have no bullets angry or otherwise in this gun <laughs> or maybe he did shoot him but he had a very shy bullet oh no it's one of them, it's one of them shy bullets that won't come out of the gun if I keep nudging it maybe it'll get angry I need to improve its confidence I'm gonna take him to a seminar getting to know your inner bullets now gentlemen <laughs> now that definitely is a euphemism for my <laughs> life is like being Fired out of a gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, save that. You have that, to fire was... out of the gun. You can't just wave the gun at someone and then <laughs> <it> comes out. <laughs> Go away! <laughs> if he waves the gun hard enough, at the very least, like the cold wind from it will give the person a cold or something like that. Do the bang bang! <laughs> just throwing it, throwing a gun to someone's head and running away. You can't shoot the gun. You may as well just get the gun. Just go, <laughs> no, but this is all just it needs, though. It's, it, it needs one little squeeze, like a tube of toothpaste. Is oh, what they we're tell back him. to the little boy's shoes, aren't we? <laughs> So Statham wants to shoot the businessman. He tries to shoot under three thousand. He can't do it, and then he gets knocked out with a pistol whip. Uh, Again, no one is using guns properly. No. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying keep waving it. <laughs> that was what he was doing, and he accidentally went out of his grip and hit Statham in the back oh, of the head. Move. But even when they they killed his daughter niece. Whatever relation, daughter niece. This is turning into like Arrested Development. But even when they shot her, it was like an accident. Because it's like they're having a bit of a thing, they're having a bit of a to do, and then the bullet went off accidentally. Oh no, that was that was his uh, sister-in-law. That was sister-in-law because the niece is um, growing up. Because that's what happened. He wakes up in bed. Uh, it has. Oh, this is a point where it's been for three days, so he's due for a checkup, and his niece is with him with his brother. Uh, and the second opinion in the doctor informed him that the exam results were wrong. And, uh, oh yeah, uh, and Statham's just, his mind's like, oh no, my whole world's been turned upside down again. Statham walks out and is run over by a car. Now, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Or is he? Dun, dun, dun. And this is just where it goes. His voiceover goes off. Oh my god, it's the only reason you get up in the morning. It's the reason you put up with your shitty boss. Fear or revere me, but please think I'm special. We're approval junkies. We're all in it for the slap on the back. The gold watch, the hip hip who fucking ra. Look at the clever boy with the badge, polishing his trophy. Shine on you crazy diamond, cause we're just monkeys. And people say we're monkeying around. No, that's not what he says. <laughs> cause we're just monkeys, wrapped in suits, begging for the approval of... Like, it's basically lower sick form poetry, is what we are dealing with at this point. Uh, you, oh, you got about halfway through it, I just kept thinking... This is never going to end, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the entire rest of the film is just him talking bollocks. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And it's when you click on, well, I was watching on Amazon Prime, plug. And uh, yeah, clicking on it, it's like, oh, we're only 52 minutes in. I've got another <laughs> hour of this. Okay, the credits take off five minutes. Right, okay, I can knock that off. Uh, do uh, they? Wait, no, we have to wait exactly. that. Uh, Statham arrives at uh, Andre 3000's place. This is where they're in a motel, I think. Uh, yeah, that's right. The, a hotel motel holiday. Hotel motel holiday in where Andre 2000 is in a hot tub with Big Pussy. Of course. <laughs> what I like is that Big Pussy has a vest. So either the actor himself or his character is still self conscious. He's like, I know I need to lose some Christmas weight, but I no, don't they had, feel. They had loads of wardrobe spare because <laughs> your, man, your man over there, what's if you just wears pants? I can't have been the only person. Watching that scene, just hoping that Chevy Chase would come in to go, you know, it's a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> 
instantly You can better. go all the way back so you can completely remove any trace of this film. You know you can do this, right? So they turn up at the, the uh, motel where loads of Leota's henchmen are waiting to kill him, led by Ricky Grover. Yeah, so yeah, they, they've ordered some pizza and coffee or something like that, haven't they? And uh, yeah. the guy that's come with the food... Spots Jason it's Statham it's and then a, a shootout foot chase ensues because they've been waiting to shoot Jason Statham. So Andre Can and Big all? Pussy have brought them to meet Jason Statham. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, this is what I checked out. So, so this, so it's a foot chase, right? Now these sort of action sequences, it's like he takes out one guy, he takes out another guy, he takes out a third guy. The first guy to fall. Like, wait, because Jason Statham, like, climbs up a wall and goes through a window of, like, a dilapidated building. Now, am I misremembering this? Or can you see that, like, the, the house has collapsed or whatever, and there is clear, like, space to the left of him that you could have just walked around? He didn't need to climb up and go through the window. To be honest with you, at this point, my brain has suddenly turned yeah. to like yeah. a mush. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so, but the, so, as is the uh, body, as is the brain theory of this guy, that the henchman following him with the shotgun that climbs over with the shotgun falls down, and you just again like the coin toss, you don't see this, but you hear a gunshot. He's obviously killed himself somehow by falling onto his gun, and Ricky Grover and the henchmen are so heartbroken. The, the chase is off already. Oh, God, not Jamie. Oh, not Jamie. Why are the gangsters so shit in this? Lone Shark then has to be Lone Shark, and the, and the proper gangsters and henchmen are already upset when someone dies. He brought seven of you there for a reason. Exactly. You're going to lose he, a few of them. He was willing to sacrifice at least six of you, so keep chasing the guy. But if you're going to be a henchman, you might get shot. Like, I work in admin. I might get an electric shot from the photocopier. You know, you just got to take these risks. So at this point, Andre 3000 has busted Jason Statham, and he knows the truth that he'd lied about the Irish gangsters. It turns out he'd been using the Irish gangsters as loan sharks whilst he was going around making a fortune off of coin tossing. And... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be starting a celebrity coin toss. <laughs> Sir, this is a poker table. I know what I know. And I know how to toss a coin. Just a toss that coin. Do it now, but we have to give you five cards. Toss. <laughs> Noel Edmonds actually bought the right for the game. <laughs> It'll be on daytime telly before you know uh, it. Do you know there was an actual like heads or tails game? Really? Show. It was Jason Statham in the celebrity edition of it. <laughs> it was, it's it was, like when they got the professional darts players for Bullseye every once in a while. No, it was um, it was on Channel Five and it was hosted by. Get ready for this, Justin Lee Collins. It's, oh, it's oh yes. Of that man's intellect. I bet you Justin Lee Collins thinks he's well smart for liking Revolver. <laughs> I got all of this, I did. I understood Pain everything. Oh, I used to. I'm like... doing a bring back together the Revolver cast show for my own YouTube channel. Please hire me again. <laughs> so Tazdaytham have made his money off of tricking all of these Irish gangsters. He'd been giving each of them their own money and the little bit of, um, I don't know. He just made this triangle of debt that they... Then they went to Ray Liotta to get more money off of him to loan to Statham. And then Statham went on a holiday and apparently gangsters... This is like gangsters' kryptonite. If someone goes on a holiday, if only those two business people that Andre 3000 are giving their money to... <laughs> we either kill our suspects or they disappear. Then we don't know where they've gone with these twelve hundreds of pounds of dollars of money. <laughs> How are they going to spend it all? <laughs> the exchange rate in Germany to the, to the power of buy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So whatever that happened, those Irish gangsters that actually, that, that killed his uh, sister-in-law ends up being tortured and murdered by Leota's lots. There's a line: "You're smart, just not as smart as you think you are." Yet again, like I say, someone with a 102 IQ making an application for Mensa. <laughs> <laughs> So Ricky Grover goes over to see Ray Liotta at a restaurant to tell him that they didn't kill uh, Jason Statham. More terrible dubbing. And that there's somehow there's still six of the seven henchmen still there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that moment, Ray Liotta suddenly has blood hit him in the face. And it turns out that there's... Then he's pushed down to the ground and a big shootout's happening underneath him until he spots this uh, East Asian waitress that has a gun pointed at him and he's starting to try and shoot at him whilst he's been pushed down and he gets his finger shot off until he's finally able to get a gun to shoot the girl and then he realises in flashback during all this time that Mark Strong had been there and had spotted that that girl had been hired by Lord John to be an assassin <coughs> and had shot her in the throat but obviously had not quite killed her off that was how she was able to get a couple of last shots at um, Ray Liotta during this time Mark Strong goes through the kitchen and finds the getaway driver shoots him in the head and that's basically the end of Lord John's lots. And that was the one scene in the whole film that was half competently done. You waited for action. Action finally came. This, went, oh, this one brief period where Ray Liotta's been forced down on the ground. And it's actually there where the danger is happening. That was good. Yeah. That was a brief bit of lock, stock and snatch guy, Richie. So, oh, give something back to the masses now. Give them what they expect. God, <laughs> 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 some sort of to the goals haven't you we have to give yeah, we have to give them their brains a break for some brief moment <laughs> I will give them five minutes this is brain intermission this <laughs> is I'll give five minutes of good stuff it wasn't five minutes it was less than that an hour and twenty into the film <laughs> <laughs> you got well, six that's your lot so yeah uh, Andre 3000 and Big Pussy are now playing golf on the roof of a building and pissing off the many people in the buildings opposite as the balls go shooting into their windows. <laughs> They're not shouting for like either. All, yeah. all I remember mainly from this movie is just watching Andre 3000 and a Big Pussy just playing a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. If this, if this had become a mini-series, how many other games would he have walked in on them? They would have been playing snooker, bowls. They would have probably been playing with the full kit, you know, Andre 3000 in like a bowls kit. Darts, they would have had to play darts, oh, darts, darts. With, a, with, a, with a cameo from Phil the Power Taylor in there somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, during all this time while they're talking to him on the roof of the building, Mark Strong's going off and killing the rest of the Yakuza people through a hole in a wall. Um, he just yeah, draws, this yeah. bit in my notes is just blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Yeah, and that, oh, and this, at this point, Jason Statham thinking something and it turns out that Andre 3000 can read his mind. And that's yeah, meant to be our, like, yeah. oh, jaws dropping on the floor. Just when I thought this film was going to zig, it zags. Yeah, I love the idea that like, Guy Richards just sat there and goes, you know what? You can read Statham's mind. Lunch! <laughs> also, to be fair, if Andrew 3000 has been able to read his mind throughout this whole time, I truly admire the man's patience because he has had to listen to a lot of shit <laughs> during this why now an hour and a half in <laughs> We've been not, only, not only has he been hearing those thoughts because this we're seeing the truncated editor version of this world in the real world Statham at different points is thinking like did I leave the cooker on I can't remember if I left the cooker on and he'll be thinking that for five minutes and Andrew 2000 has had to listen to all of that shit or he'll just be driving along Oh, what's the name of this song? Oh, um, no, funny Shazam existed. It's a classical music track. <laughs> it, it must be on 
disc one of Now That's What I Call Classical Music. Because Guy Ritchie lost disc two, and so he didn't have as many sources to work from when he was looking for the right music for this film. Also, when Jason went to shoot him earlier on, just punch him before him. You know, <laughs> no, but the thing is, uh, Andre can also read the minds of the bullets that are in there, and that bullet's like, I'm not going out there. He's like, ah, I am safe. Timid bullet is in the chamber right now. <laughs> Timid Bullet, there's a good name. I would vote for Timid Bullet. Jason Statham is, uh, again, just these are bollocks notes at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, Statham, blah, hair, blah. Embrace the pain and you will win this game. Nice bit. It does rhyme. Sounds like some sort of angsty Oh, and also during Strong's uh, shootout, there's the requisite uh, naked stripper ladies having to have blood hit them and then being horrified because, you know, that's... That's what women are there for that's, in films, that's, aren't that's they? What you, yeah. That's what those dolly birds are for, yeah. Because <laughs> you can't have expletives, but you can very much maybe, have maybe blood on tits. Maybe that's part of like a, a like stripper in gangster movies <laughs> seminar 101. <laughs> right, ladies. This is the best body wash for blood on your tits. Uh, I personally <laughs> like to go with aloe vera. It gets the smell out very easily. Links Africa. Shockingly. Very good shower gel for this. <laughs> I like one that you use the, the little microfibers. That really gets the dirt out. <laughs> yes, you want to scrub very hard. So at this point, Statham's trying to fight against his own paranoia. You see him walk up to a reception with two big bags full of money. Uh, then the, the, they repeat the Machiavelli quotes because uh. Machiavelli is there for hip hop. Uh, alter egos and you know, nah, he really is Mr. Naughty Fingers and and young conservatives you know that's what he's there for <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be really the young conservatives with just loads of hip hop young hip hop artists uh, I have libertarian values and I intend to bring this party into the 21st century <laughs> what I'm just terrified now the idea of Jacob Reese Mogg just trying to do gangster rap <laughs> I would listen <laughs> oh, he'd be the first out of my buy of the year. <laughs> Do you think what? I think I think Jacob Reese's Mog's equivalent of gangster rap is like swing music. <laughs> like, he, he's someone who's definitely had to wash blood off strippers. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a dark past. Look into his eyes. He's seen things. No, like, calm down, Desiree. Yeah. This will be fine. <laughs> his voice, his you eyes. You have more corrosive just... soap. I have this lynx Africa. It's not what you think. It's actually blood from a lynx in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a loofah? It's the only way we're going to get out of your back, darling. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to just try and race to the end as close as I can now. <laughs> so, uh, Jason Statham's really battling against his will. He ends up turning up at Ray Liotta's house and he's standing in front of him. Because he's, he's a like, creepy bastard. Yeah, yeah, but he's like a, a fighting with his own voice and he's... He's, I like that he's got an alter ego and then an alter ego's alter ego who's got a much more cockney voice. He like gets more cockney as he gets... <laughs> and the horrifying thing is Andre 3000 has to listen to the entire bloody thing. But do you know what this should have been? This should have been Jason Statham dressed up as an angel on one shoulder and Jason Statham dressed up as a <laughs> no, 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 on no. the other shoulder. Dexter Fletcher, Jason Fleming. <laughs> have them. Just like a nice little cameo from both. <laughs> 
just to really sort of even it out. And then Stan Lee turns up as like ambivalence. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I'm just going to sit here and watch. <laughs> right, or maybe, maybe like his angel has got the regular uh, Hulk Hogan moustache, but then the devil has got it like upside down, so it's like a U <laughs> under his chin going up to his nose. That's the weirdest facial hair I've heard of in years. <laughs> and you will now groom your own personal. Oh, yeah, yeah. The second I get home, I'm getting the Gillette out. That's happening. So he's battling with himself and his, his cockney self is going, How long have I looked after you? You don't control me, I control you. It's a real Andy Circus as Gollum because moment, really. You, you can just tell this is the point where Guy Ritchie's been watching way too much Fight Club. Actually, can you uh, imagine is... if Gollum had done it in the, the Jason State? How long, how long have I looked after you? You fucking slag? You don't know what you're doing. What's going on? I've, I've said these words like, you know, when the fridge breaks or like your washing machine goes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I control you, you don't control me. Come on, I tell you when you can break. Uh, so the radio is then standing in front of him in his pants. Obviously, obviously, obviously. sexy Ray. Watch. With a gun. We don't obviously. know. We don't know whether it's timid bullet in there or if it's <laughs> angry bullet. Angry bullet. Angry birds. <laughs> He's saying, "Fear me!" And if it's the timid bullet in there, he's like, "Yes, I do. I do." <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister Leo. But there's also, right good fellas. But there's like, but it's against the duality of what is going on in Leota's mind and what's going on in the other one's mind because he's very confidently standing in front of him in what in some shots, but then in other shots he's got this weird like just water everywhere. There's water in his eyes, <clears throat> spittle in his mouth, and he's like pissed himself. Yeah, it's just you know they say like the human being is eighty percent water. Like that's externally what Leota is in this moment. So it becomes dry Leota. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, check out now. That's the best you're going to do today. <laughs> Lunch! <laughs> Jason Statham just walks off past him and he just stood there. So then you got the banker quote. I don't know if he's talking about like tranches of, uh, of mortgage schemes or what have you. <laughs> this, was, this was That quote was what inspired Adam McKay to make the big short. So then Ray Liotta wakes up to find out that he's on the front page of all the papers after making a huge donation to charity. Which turns out that that's what Statham was giving those two big bags of money to the reception of what's called Home for Children. That's... <laughs> that is the most generic thing. I mean, like, I love that, like, and then he takes a visit to Hospital for Sick Kids, <laughs> Orphanage for Lonely Kids. <laughs> So then he finds out that Statham's been behind everything from the tortured Yakuza member that they left alive. So Leota insists they go find him. So then the henchmen go and visit his brother. Uh, they attack him by putting a hammer and nail through his hands. So that's Catholic symbolism. What could that possibly? <laughs> of what course, could you that avoid possibly... the Catholics because it's all about Kabbalah now. Yeah, that's true. Actually, is that like yeah? Is that like saying we've done it before? We'll do it again. <laughs> we Follow have... us the one true God. Trust us, we have ways. <laughs> yeah, we have ways. <laughs> oh, so at this point, Mark Strong gets a conscience and decides that you know you're not going to kill a little girl, so I'm going to kill all of you. I don't know if this is what was meant to be set up by him, like being anxious before. Like, no, none of this makes sense. No, but, but there's no foreshadowing to this particularly. So Mark Strong goes off shooting people, and then there's these really obnoxious camera movements, which you see like on YouTube videos mm. of like um, copyrighted footage that they want to get away yeah, with, so they move yeah. things around all the time. <laughs> so he kills off most of them. Only one guy is able to survive who kills Mark Strong, and he goes off to tell Ray Liotta what's happened. Uh, Andre 3000 and Big Pussy drop Statham off at a casino 
Uh, Leotis is now in a swimming bath that is all blue as well. I don't know if he's decided to convert his swimming bath into a tanning salon as well. Um, tanning, tanning everywhere. Must be yeah, tanning. yeah. He's been in trouble. Goes like Howard Hughes on the whole fucking thing. It's like tanning, tanning everywhere. Everyone must be tanning. Put the tanning beds in the tanning room. Ah, maybe, tanning. maybe, maybe this has all been taking place in Leotis' head, and he's dying of cancer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the skin has got to me finally. Dermatologist has warned me. So, and then he finds out that uh, Statham's at the casino, and he's horrified at that. He thought he got him, I guess, with the, you know, I don't know. Um, Andre plays Statham at one last game of chess, and he actually beats Statham in the chess game. <gasps> Symbolism. Well, I think, base, and then he finds out that they were either side of him in the prison, you know, two... What? Two hours after everyone else did. Final kick is that Andre 2000 has a match in his mouth. And that there's one of the book uh, marks in the book have been a match. Now, it's not like a distinctive match. It's your traditional match. Are we (laughs) supposed to have read it that these are... That Statham has imagined Andre and Big Pussy throughout all this? Because they've never interacted with anyone else. I think that's kind of... they're meant to be... That's implied, isn't it? I'd I'd so check out at this point. (laughs) We've got a minute left, come on. It's it's Guy Ritchie's basic wanking off of the idea of, like, Fight Club. Oh, they were there, but they weren't really there. Oh. I imagine him to just be screaming that while he's typing the damn yeah. thing like, they were never there. I'm the best! <laughs> Lunch, dinner, <laughs> supper, desserts. Christmas ham on the way now! For elevenses. <laughs> so then he turns up at Leota's swimming baths. Leota's both crying and not crying. Statham looks at him, <laughs> tells his niece that she's alright, even though a gun's been put to her head. Then just basically took the line from Usual Suspects and changed it enough. The greatest con that he ever pulled was making you believe that he was you. I don't get it. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So, I can't even fake a views yet. And I'll also just say, I actually do not like The Usual Suspects that much. I've never rated it. Never watched it. I quite enjoyed it. It's then... fine for what it is, but it was like one of the movies of the decade, and I was like. And this is responsible for Brian Singer being able to do many things, both on screen and off. And that we Kevin will Spacey. Not... Yeah, yes, that's Naughty. Naughty. Naughty, Naughty, Naughty Kevin. Kevin Spacey. Naughty Kevin. Radiosa shoots himself in the head, there's a blackout, and no credits. Fucking pricks. That's the thing, like, does Guy Ritchie think no one else made this but me? <laughs> this is my L.O. What I don't understand is, I'm pretty sure this is a union requirement, surely. So what I was wondering is, is maybe during this whole film, have we secretly had the credits being read to us or on the screen (laughs) and we've just never noticed? Maybe when we, because we've all at different points in this film tuned out. At that point, maybe Guy Ritchie's like, okay, here we go. Line producer, Alice Regan. (laughs) Second assistant (laughs) camera operator, David Lowe. Well, here's the thing thing I noticed on the entire podcast is that we've not been calling any of the characters by the characters. No, that's true. <laughs> we've been calling Big Pussy from The Sopranos a character Yes, now. but you don't call him... <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's a character, You don't right. call him by his film's character's name. Yeah. So the idea is, all I think all of these actors are supposed to be recognisable enough for you to call them by something else. Mm. So no, you don't deep. need credit. You just you... go, oh, it's just Jason Statham. Well, you're no, you thinking too deep and it was just shit. No one's... No, no one, yeah, but there's no there's no way you're watching this film going, oh, this is classic Michael Stevens key grip work here. <laughs> I, uh... I think you and I are two very different. Who was the best boy on this film? I'm required to know. <laughs> I was the best boy! <laughs> we were all the best boys for making our way through. And that was Revolver. That was... 
Oh, None of us are going to defend this film. Tough, it? This uh, was a this uh, was a hell of a choice for a first it one. It had a yeah. decent action sequence. That well, took here we go. Here we go. That's, that's the thing. Okay, we've all got. There's some things we like to say at the end of this film. Say something nice about the film, and we've got to say something different about something different that okay. we liked about it. So, who's going to claim the shootout that was quite well made? I'm going to take it. You're going to. You've got that. I'm okay. going to jump in right ahead. And okay, go, so Michael, scene. you've got to think of something else that was good in this film. Big pussy got some cash. I really liked him in Soprano, so I'm glad he's working. Mm, it should be something about the film itself. <laughs> he was in it. Uh, <laughs> the hair, man. Damn it, oh, the yeah. hair. <laughs> the wig, yeah, you're yeah, going to claim his the wig. It was yeah. some good his, wig It's ironed into his face <clears throat> wig, yes. Some of the scores are all right. Like, there's a good bass. <laughs> like, right as the film's starting, it's got a good little dum 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 bass line. Some of the score's okay. Like I said, the music is just like, now that's what I call classical track one and mm-hmm. two, and then he didn't bother going any further. But he's like, I, I, I know both Beethoven and Mozart. <laughs> the problem here is, though, we can't compliment the wig designers, the stunt choreographers, or the music supervisors, because we don't, we don't know who they are. Credits. We don't know who they are. Or maybe, maybe that was what Guy Ritchie had been doing during all his many lunches. He had to get a lot of other work. <laughs> so it was like a Neil Breen, fateful finding sort of situation. He just did everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we have to say, could you have made this good? Yes, just do snatch again. And just like a simple story of a guy playing <laughs> off loads of, like a guy, a guy out of his depth being like played about by two quite mysterious gangsters well then it's just it's like it's like your classic heist in the oh but they were in on it all along like there was one recently den of thieves and it is just the usual just ah the person that you thought was pulling the strings is actually this person pulling the strings Mm. and that's just what it is but so like it's just as a genre movie you can do it but like making this film with this cast and this director good I don't know if you could (laughs) <laughs> really. I think the the biggest problem here is the guy Richie just got beyond his own height. He had two great debut films. Not taking that away from him, he had an absolute clunker with swept away. But he obviously blamed this that is... on Madonna, and he thought, <laughs> you know, thing is, what he did was he took on all the hype, he got all the Hollywood money, and he decided to try and make a more Hollywood version of his films. But he's... European as well, with Luke Besson's involved. Yeah, yes. but that's that's where it all falls down. He's the beauty in what he was able to do was. Simple, gritty, realistic, and understandable. With humour. Like, with humour as well. Exactly. And he's just removed all, all of it. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! Right, so this is one of the features we'll be including in every episode going forward, which is Don't Watch That, Watch This, or Dwudwud, as I like to call it. Basically, what we want to do is, we because this is going to be a podcast loaded with a lot of negativity, I suppose, and, and mockery, and looking at the, the worst of British, but we do want to champion some of the great works of British films. Some will be very obvious, some will... Hopefully, maybe be a bit more obscure. They'll have some sort of thematic link to the film we're talking about, or the same writer or actor or director or something that will be linked to that film is what we'll do with this film. We considered doing The Man From U.N.C.L.E. from this one to champion Guy Ritchie as a director, but instead I think what we decided on was one of the best British directors working right now and has been for the past 20 years, and that's Shane Meadows and Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, God, I love this film so much. A film truly about revenge and criminals, but it doesn't paint them in any kind of glamour. They are pathetic, ridiculous figures. Small town crooks. Yeah. Just 
very simple, down-to-earth visuals. Yeah, but the belie an actual... Not twists, but the filming style maybe lulls you into things that will then surprise you as it goes on. Mm. It's a violent film, it's an angry film, but it's... It's a funny film at it's parts. A fun, yeah, exactly. It's basically... It's got all of the things that Revolver aimed to be stylistically with none of the pretensions to it either. Yeah. And it portrays criminals as what they truly are, pathetic, mostly cowardly, weak-willed individuals. Uh, have I you ever seen it, Michael? Uh, I've watched it, but I can't remember any of it, because <laughs> I'm really bad at films. <laughs> <laughs> but Shane Meadows isn't. I do love, I do love Shane Meadows. Switch. <laughs> so yeah, that has been our recommendation for the first episode of Best of Worst of British. Thank you very much for listening to it. I hope that you return next week uh, to listen to our follow-up episode, where we'll be talking about... One of the many sub-genres of British film that we will have to return to again and again and again as this show goes on. Classic <laughs> British sitcoms being adapted for the big screen. And maybe the screen is big, but the, <laughs> but the laughs are minuscule. And yes, we are talking about the 1971 On the Buses. Oh, how much we have changed as a society. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, that is BowobPod. That's B-O-W-O-B-Pod. If you want to follow me individually on Twitter, it's Lorcan Mullen, L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Apple, N for Norman. That's also my Instagram account. That's my Facebook account as well. And if you want to send me an email, it's LorcanMullen at gmail.com. And buy my ebook, Confessions of a Smart Wrestling Fan, Fever Pitch in Spandex, from your ebook shops at Amazon and other places very well done there lovely little plug <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow me personally I am at michaelbell86 for my name and name is Michael Bell, and I was born in 1986 uh, otherwise our Instagram is at moon on a stick and I'm also in a double act with the gentleman to my left Tom Hugginson uh, and we are at the Kamikaze Club you can also find me on uh, Twitter and the Instagram uh, at Tom Hugginson spelt Tom with an H because I'm better than you. <laughs> and you can also play the fun game that will surely be sweeping ITV primetime eventually of Box in a Box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a game, it's just a bit of fun. But until then, that's been Best of Worst of British. We just spent the past hour or so making fun of a bunch of people who went and made a film. This week, I was mistaken for a lady. And I don't have long hair, and I have a beard. Cool. And lunch. <laughs> <laughs>